everyone. This is Cindy. Hi, this is Jose, and welcome back to our podcast. You know, Jose, today is such an amazing episode, and you know, welcome back to our listeners. Uh, something so exciting because we are going to talk about this particular title that we have for this episode. It's reimagine, rebuild, and reinvent, and. You know, we have a very special guest today, uh, whom Jose and I are very close to as well. Yeah. And he is such an inspiration. Uh, we have today Mr. Mitch Hanato. Hi, Mitch. Hi. Hi, Cindy. Hi, Jose. Hi, Mitch. Thank you for having me in your podcast. It's, a, oh, yeah. it's an honor to be here. Uh, it is our honor, Mitch. And thank you for taking the time. We know you're very, very busy with so many things, and so many inspiring things that you're doing. So... So it's great for you to be here. Uh, I'm happy to yes. be here. Yeah, yeah thanks. <laughs> We're happy that you're here. Really, it's really, um, it's really as a gift today for you to join us. So I'm going to share um, your background so our listeners can have an idea of what you've been up to all these years with such a great title that we have today. So Mitch is actually a natural entrepreneur with a fascination for human behavior, cultures, and systems. His innate curiosity has fueled him to explore and learn various industries. So starting in the entertainment space, he worked his way up from being a production assistant to becoming a line producer of shows and concerts. He then applied his production skills to TV and started to conceptualize shows that later led him to dabble in advertising sales, digital innovation, program syndication, and licensing. He was also able to start his own production outfit, which produced award-winning documentaries with the use of new production formats and techniques. Now, after a fallout with business partners, Mitch reinvented his career in the public relations and crisis management field. Afterwards, in 2010, he accepted an invitation to collaborate on a health startup, the Wellness Clinic Life Science Center for Health and Wellness, which was born in collaboration with the Romero Salas family. In a span, so the company has been around for 11 years and Mitch has been a part of that from womb, from the moment the seed, the idea came about. And in a span of, um, you know, in, in the past eight years though, Mitch has diversified the business to other capacities in the health science, uh, sciences industry. And it has grown so much in the, with the creation of the medical health solution company, GMT Manila Inc., health education with Life Science Institute, Biosafety and Biosecurity, um, JV with NDEC Inc., and Public Health and Corporate Wellness with Cloud Health Asia. Mitch also explored opportunities and partnerships in other territories, such as East Timor, Guam, Indonesia, Vietnam, and Malaysia, and has recently registered a Singapore entity, Conjun Management, um, and to facilitate business expansion in the region. So right now, Mitch is the group CEO of Ramlas Health Group, the management operations company of all these subsidiaries. And among his various functions, Mitch is most proud of his role as a visionary leader, a strategist, a communicator, and a crisis manager. He is a natural disruptor and innovator because he believes there's always a better way of doing things. He's really perfect for, for, for our talk today, you know, this discussion, and his, right? His can-do attitude coupled with his diverse experience allows him to comfortably think outside the box to achieve his goals. So outside RHG, RHG, he is also active in the social sphere, mentoring social enterprises and building community health programs with Gawad Kalinga. And aside from that, Mitch is a champion of social inclusion, 
constantly reimagining a health system that will work for the common good. He earned his undergraduate degree in AB philosophy in Ateneo de Manila, and he is now also a certified functional medicine health coach practitioner. Mitch is also a doting husband and father of two amazing boys. Everybody, let's all welcome Mitch Hanato. <laughs> Again, after reading wow, thank all you. that. Huh? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it just shows, you know, Mitch isn't really that busy. Yeah. No, he's not. No, nothing, nothing much. Yeah. <laughs> we make time. We make time. Yeah, that's, make that, time. That, that's the key. Well, thank you very much. And, and I'd like to start off, you know, this conversation again. Uh, this is something that we are really excited about. Um, and, and just by that, uh, I would say that introduction alone um, you could already see how you really live the values and the characteristics of what we believe here in lifecraft and in this podcast and the title for today's podcast is what cindy mentions about reimagine rebuild and reinvent and you really inspired this title for today's episode actually you told us that this was you know the title that you had in your head so yeah, why are these three words, reimagine, rebuild, reinvent, why are these words, which are so powerful, so important to you? Thank you. Thank you for your question. And thank you for the introduction. No? Um, um, these three words are very important because first and foremost, um, the role that words play in as far as our faith is concerned, is really very critical. You know, there's, there's such a thing as we call self-talk. And if we basically jump off from that kind of attitude, first and foremost, in our self-talk, to allow ourselves these three words, then I believe we're creating a means to be more um, invincible, so to speak, right? So when we, when we give ourselves room, for example, to reimagine, then we break the borders of what we perceive ourselves to be. Hence, really, the, the, the concept and the permission to reimagine is very key. And, and like you said, Jose, it's very powerful. Secondly, when we talk about rebuilding, it's really picking up whatever we reimagine and allow ourselves the permission to structure the ideas and the thoughts and start to now put something together, hence the rebuilding. And in putting the reimagination and rebuilding together alongside the initiative to make it happen, that's where the outcome is a reinvention, right? And it's interesting that things happen through a process that allows us to really have that kind of uh potential and really harvest the kind of um outcome that these three powerful words get to bring so so that's why these three words have, have always been close to my heart and um it's what gives us another word that starts with the re which is resilience right so yeah so let that be the theme of uh this particular conversation in talking about how we get to innovate ourselves and and ultimately reinvent who we are and who we want to be. Thanks, Mitch. You know, um, very nice of you to actually, you know, set that up for everyone today because I know you invented your yourself so many times. And 
that you give so much credit to, of course, what you've been through, through the experiences, right? And I think your process of saying that you have to reimagine that life that you want if you're, if you're in any situation right now, you, you go through that concept of reimagining it and then rebuilding your life, reinventing yourself. Now, I feel like, you know, we have version one, version two, version three, you know, of ourselves. So how many times did you have to do that? Can we count? And how did it feel, you know, as you were going through that process? Um, of reinventing yourself and you know all those well, steps. Ultimately, it's a it's an ongoing process. I, I don't think I've ever been done reinventing mm. myself because the pursuit is really still there, and then that's what that that's what drives me every day. You know, um, while there may be incremental innovations, you know that's how I'd like to be able to frame it. You know, things that I have to pivot to and change and accommodate. To be able to move forward and 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 move move along, move ahead. I'd say that ultimately, you know, my life and, and how I've always perceived things is a continuous process of reimagining, rebuilding, and you know, reinventing myself. So so it doesn't really feel like I've done it once and I'm set on my ways and and, and I'm I'm satisfied. Yeah. You know, um, what I'd like to share is one of the most common things I get whenever I get to speak to um, colleagues, both here and abroad, is when, when they start to understand the things that I do, the most common feedback I get is that, um, aren't you do, doing too many things? Aren't you involved in too many things? Yeah, everyone asks you that for sure. Yeah. Right? And I'm like, I can't blame them for thinking that way. And I always use an analogy of a chef. Right. So if a chef, if we, if, if we meet a chef and we ask a chef what a chef does and the chef starts to talk about all the different procedures they do in the kitchen and all the food costing and all the different steps they do in R&D, then we're going to think, yeah. wow, you know, this guy is crazy and, you know, they're doing too many things. But once you define them as a chef, then we're OK with the concept. And that's pretty much my attitude towards who I am and what I do. Um, I'm ultimately, I believe, a visionary. Um, and that's, what's, that's the one constant in everything I do. And then, like you said in the introduction, I always want to be able to push the buck forward in terms of how to do things better. And that's why, to me, in anything and everything I do, it's always about having to look into the little innovations, the incremental innovations, or even in, in some instances, the bigger strokes of you know disruption that needs to needs to be done. And for me to be effective there, I have to start with myself, right? I have to challenge myself, reimagine, rebuild, and reinvent my skill sets to be able to suit uh, what it, whatever it is I'm trying to pursue. Yeah, so it seems to be, is this something that you would say, is it a compulsion or is it, um, uh, you know, a conscious decision that you're making? I love the question. Yeah. I love the question, Jose. Thank you for asking that. It's a commitment. Wow. If it were on compulsion, I would have done something and I would have abandoned it already. Mm -hmm. But the reason why I only pick up things that I can commit to is because there's an ultimate commitment. Right. And then that's that's what I guess threads everything together, which it which makes me feel like I'm not doing too many things. You know, 
to me, honestly, I'm doing one thing. Right. Right. And it just happens that the one thing I'm doing, just like the chef, involves having to do a lot of things. <laughs> right. The, right. The, this this makes me think of his why and his purpose, Jose. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I want to ask him that. What is that? What is your why? Because I think that threads everything together. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So my why. Well, I have kids. Yeah. You know, I, I the first way I'd answer that is, I have kids, and I. I had a tough life growing up and I want to make sure my kids get something better than I did. And it's, it's a small thing for me to be able to leave them at least that. Yeah. So that's my first wife. Yeah. Yeah. But also because through my life, and like I said, I've had a tough time. Most of my life I've had a tough time and it's still not so easy now, but Ultimately, it's in my faith in God that allows me to appreciate second chances mm-hmm. and make me realize that I don't want to waste those second chances. Yeah. Right. And and to ultimately, I've had many close calls where I could have died, right? And I'm still yeah. around. So the, the 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 most reasonable, pragmatic thing to for me to commit myself to is really to be in this road in space, you know. And and that is my why, you know. I. I Ultimately, I have this accountability to God in as far as my role is while I'm still alive. And I ultimately want to leave the world a little better than when I found it. Right. Yeah. And then, and that's it. I mean, it, it's, it may sound like, you know, it's too, it's too idealist, but I think it, it can be done. And then I'm not trying to change the whole world. I'm just trying to change the world, which I can affect. And then that's yeah. what I'm committed to. Yeah, yeah. And and I have to say that you're already living it from the very beginning. It's like it's not like you're just really saying it. You walk the talk, knowing you and what you've you know the kind of life that you've lived, um, which maybe you know others don't really know. But um, the the story. So if you want to share, you know, a story or something from that. But what I do know is. I love your why, what you've shared, but I also see how you've helped others um, even before you had your children. You know, like this is something that's innate also in Mitch, which is helping with social enterprises. Um, he reminds me of you, Jose, you both of you, because you always give. You're very generous. Um, you give anonymously and you help a lot of people. And, you know, just being in the room today with the two of you, in the Zoom room, <laughs> in this virtual room, is so powerful for me because um, uh, coming together, uh, I feel this such great, um, so much still to learn from uh, from Mitch and from Jose as someone who's you know connected to both of you. So I think Jose also has also learning another, from you, yeah. Cindy. Ah, thanks. Definitely, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I, I'm so lucky to be, you know, in with you, with both of you. I mean, uh, I know the listeners are listening, and I've been through my own uh, reimagining, rebuilding, and reinventing with both of you as part of that journey. So, um, you know, I know Jose has a question as well for for Mitch, a follow up yeah. question. Yeah, follow up question um, because yeah. he talked about really reinventing and. And I was really sort of very inspired that you're saying that this is a commitment. 
But that being said, right, it is not easy reinventing oneself mm -hmm. and reimagining what's possible and rebuilding again and again, right? That takes, uh, you know, and I'm sure there are challenges. Uh, what were your biggest challenges um, towards in this, in this journey, I would say, of reimagining, rebuilding, reinventing? Um, the biggest challenge for anyone, I would say, yeah, in having to go through the process of reimagining, reinventing, rebuilding, is really how to um, take hold of yourself. You know, it, it really is pretty much an inner battle. Mm. Because you get to push yourself to limits that that will really cause anxiety and doubts and true. Yeah. You know, and that, that that's the toughest thing, right? And the key in being able to navigate around such a challenge is really to have good foundation, to have an anchor. And I've been I've been blessed to have a lot of that throughout my life. Whether I would have friends who'd help anchor me, I would have mentors, I would have um, just people come out of the woodwork, so to speak, who'd lend themselves to help anchor me and keep me grounded. Um, but what I've learned, I guess, through the years or through the decades, you know, not to date myself, but <laughs> um, what I've come to learn is really how it's in being humble and learning what humility means that allows us to um, win that battle with ourselves. And so, so the challenge is really with ourselves. But the challenge with dealing with ourselves is having to deal with the people closest to us. Because we can't help it. Friends would patronize us and tell us, you know, or sometimes even feed us with vengeful thoughts or discourage us because they want things to be convenient. Mm. But the real battle is for us to be able to stick to our, to our reasons to believe and understand why if things cannot be convenient for now and why we choose to take on the things we'd like to take on because we yeah. want to be able to reinvent. So it's having that purpose, sticking to that focus and being committed to that that allows us to deal with those challenges. So, so, so in a way, Jose, you know, these elements feed off each other, yeah. which makes it a, for a very interesting journey, right? I hope I answered your question. Yeah, 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 you did, you did. Are there like, uh, like specific, uh, how do you say it? Moments. Uh, yeah, moments or strategy. Sure that you actually many <laughs> <laughs> that that you could say that hey this is this is how i you know this is how i practically did that or, or, how, yeah. or how i put it into practice yeah. if you yeah, give I, us can give us an example that would be great yeah yeah i'll give you i'll give you one of the, one of the first examples that comes to mind and one of yeah. the biggest things you know, that I, i've gone through in my life um so from being in entertainment for practically more than a decade and reinventing myself into healthcare. Yeah. And not going through a single course in medicine or any science course in my life. 
except for high school biology, perhaps. Um, I was really swarmed with a lot of self-doubt. Like, am I the right person for this? You know, just because it was offered to me and I was, I was invited by the Romero Salas family to collaborate with them to, to pursue this particular endeavor, I was asking myself, you know, am I being too ambitious that, 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 that I can make this leap, that I can reinvent myself to be, to be uh, useful inside of the healthcare space? Yeah. Um, I took up philosophy, right? As With your undergrad degree, yeah. My philosophy. undergrad degree. <laughs> what business do I have to be in healthcare? Right. But then pedigree becomes a foundation because I grew up in a family of with a family of doctors. My grandparents were both doctors. Um, very distinguished, well-recognized doctors in their respective fields. And that sort of gave me some courage to say, you know, maybe I have it in me. Maybe I haven't just discovered it yet. And that gave me the boldness to really just admit the things that I didn't know and I didn't understand just yet about healthcare. Yeah. But it was that fresh lens that has allowed me things that, you know, perhaps a lot of the doctors and people in the medical industry are already calloused about. So they don't feel compelled to have to change anything. And they just accept things for what they are. But because I'm an outsider, and most disruptors are outsiders, if not all, right? That, that, that's what fed into the encouragement. And now also, it helped a lot that my partners, my, my, my directors of the Romero Salas family were very no-nonsense with their, with their mission. They were like, no-nonsense. Whatever we wrote in our plan that we were going to accomplish was exactly what we were committed to. There was there, there was no wiggle room to compromise. What if was there that? Were, what, what was that? What was that? What you wrote? Sorry to interrupt you, but what was it that yeah. that you that what's the vision and mission? Yeah, that we wanted healthcare to be more accessible to Filipinos because right now we have disease management. You know what what is practiced yeah. in hospitals, what is propagated um, globally is a disease management system. And once you lose family or a family member to a disease, you're going to realize how broken the system is. Yes. Right? Every family is one death away from poverty. Right. right? And what more to a, fa a family that's already who's impoverished? Right? So, so... And at this day and age of all these technology and how sophisticated things are, why can't we figure that out for healthcare? Right? And that's going to that's gonna lead us into a whole rabbit hole of <laughs> why I am in the business I am. But, but, but the point here is, you know, there's that foundation of pedigree. There's this foundation of partners, right? Who then lend you the anchor to stay on track. And then... You know, just as we launched Life Science, you know, in 2010, we'd get threats and we'd have doctors calling us. And I've had doctors telling me they're going to shut us down. Yeah. We're doing voodoo medicine and, you know, they're going to tell DOH to, to, to shut us down and we're, what we're doing is harmful. I'm like, how, how can you even say that? You haven't even been here. 
So I, I challenge them to come visit us and have a word with us and talk to us for them to know what they're talking about. And then that gave me the boldness to really just stay on track with our, with our uh, mission, right? And so that is the reinvention, right? So, so yeah, so that, that's one, one, one very concrete example, you know, having all of those anchors, you, you need to be able to capture the concept, hold on to it and see how it applies to all these different challenges along the way. Yeah, how about for someone, um, you know, hearing you share this and just you weaving your way through this industry and even what you're doing today, knowing we're in the midst of a pandemic and all the pivots you had to take and do, you know, for... Um, and, and still taking. And still taking, <laughs> still in it. We're still here yeah. 30 yeah. months into this. Um, I, I want to ask you if I, for our listeners, our life crafters were listening, if they don't have an anchor or they don't have partners, you know, that they could rely on, what could they do to reimagine, rebuild, and reinvent themselves? First off, since I would refuse to believe that there is anybody in this world with no anchor. Okay. It, it, it's really more of a journey. It, it's really a, a journey of introspection to be able to find that particular anchor. And, and that's why it requires humility. It requires for us to um, let go of our perceptions about ourselves and really just be true to the core of what we know, what we don't. And also ask ourselves with regards to, okay, what do I really have so far? So even, even pedigree can be an anchor, you know? Even, even an affinity to anything can be an anchor. But see, until we take a hold of such a thing, then we're just floating. And that's the most dangerous thing to be, or the, the most dangerous state to be in, in having to rebuild, reinvent, or reimagine yourself. Because then you don't get anywhere, right? So yeah. It so the idea think here, of, yeah, yeah, go sorry. ahead. It, it's just making me think of gratitude. You know, while you were talking, is it is yeah. it counting your blessings? Is it writing down? That's one of what it. What do I have that's, right now? Is that it? Is correct. that where you start? Yeah. Uh, that that's one concrete place to start. You know, yeah. that's, that's part of the introspection I I, I was speaking yeah. about. Yeah. Whether it's being grateful, whether it's also just being creative, and and, and thinking about. Okay, what sort of resources do I have around me? Right. You know? Or what kind of desires do I have in my heart? And what are the things I've always wanted that I've, I never got to explore? That could be an anchor, yeah. right? But it's taking hold of that anchor and allowing ourselves to be anchored by it, right? Yeah. So then there's this perception that an anchor is a limiting thing, but it's not. It's what allows us focus. The same thing that, you know, Humility is perceived to be a weakness. It's not. It's what makes us stronger because we, we continue to learn because we're humble, right? Right. And that's I, where I, the invincibility then lies, right? And, and that's, yeah. where, that's where we get to be more resilient. I'm understanding what you're saying in, in the way where, let's say, for example, whether it's in gratitude or looking around you, you know, like what, what can you... 
hold on to what's there, what do you have? And I was just thinking of, you know, uh, the whole concept of salespeople, right? As a salesperson mm. myself, having that experience, you too. Um, I understand that our investment is what you would say in Filipino, laway, okay, your saliva. Mm. That's, all, that's all you need. You have to be able to talk to people mm. and you have to be able to communicate with them. Mm. And I was thinking, is this, and, and that's what I'm saying, when you combine it with humility, you have to ask for help, right? You can yeah. seek help. Yeah. And, and that's where humility comes in. I'm just tying this up with what you're saying. And that's where, when at the core of your being, and because I've seen this in you, that invincibility, you're not going to give up. So does it begin with that decision within the heart that says, no, I'm not giving up. I can still see the sky, you know, the stars. Yeah. I'm still alive. I'm still breathing. And for a lot of people out there, we have been through ups and downs. We've all experienced people passing away that are very close mm -hmm. to us through this yeah. one year, more than a year of the pandemic. And even before that, the past couple of years have been very challenging for a lot of people. And hearing now what you're saying, for those who feel hopeless, who feel stuck, you know, what is the starting from that? So the right, yeah. like, yeah. where where are they going to get that, you know, and, and this you explaining this having an anchor, it could be anything. It could be, it, it could be just talking to your neighbor or the person beside you, right? Yeah. Um, and, and having that courage yeah. uh, to reach out and ask for help or do something. Um, so, you know, I mean, yeah. was, there a, was there a time in your life where you had to do that? And if you have a, a story? Lot. <laughs> a lot, a lot. You know, so, so, so being stuck is from something zero, that I'm very huh? familiar. Yeah, yeah. From, from zero, right? And yeah. yeah, being stuck is something I'm very, very familiar with. I've been stuck so many times. So getting unstuck yeah. is sort of something that I've started to get used to. <laughs> you know, how to unstuck myself. And, and really, you know, I, I like how you frame that since in terms of the starting point really being that we come up with this sort of resolve that we don't want to be stuck. And that's all it takes. Because then when we say, when we refuse to accept that state, then you open yourself up to your options. And really, there is nobody on this earth who doesn't have options. You know, so I've, 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 I've ment I mentor people and I yeah. coach people. Yeah. And when they tell me, no, I'm not as lucky, I don't have those options. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, I used to, not have any money going to school in Ateneo. And if you think having no money is difficult, try having no money in that kind of environment yeah. where people around you have so much of it, right? And it's right in your face. And there are real expenses that you need to afford, but don't have money for. And so what I had to do was pick up bottles you know, a soft drink bottle will give you two pesos. And I'd pick up bottles. I'd stay later than most because I'd be picking up bottles and returning them to the cafeteria so I have money. Two pesos at a time. Right? I felt stuck not having any money. I felt stuck being at home getting beaten up by my own mom. Physically. 
because she was a single parent practically because my stepfather was uh, traveling a lot as a, as a flight attendant. And I'd feel stuck because I don't feel like I have any options being on the receiving end of an abusive parent. Yes. Right? But then you realize, what am I getting out of this? So you're getting hardened, right? Yeah. You're surviving. Sure, you get a bruise. Sure, you get a cut. But when you remove all the perceptions of people about getting beat up, then you start to realize it's not as bad as they say it is. And then you focus now on what you're able to do. You, you focus now on, well, at least I have a home that I can stay in. Right? And, and you know in yourself that when you have a family, that's something you'd never want to happen. Yes. Right? So it's a decision. To me, the humility is what allows us to keep on learning from our environment. Right? And in always learning, in this continuous process of learning, that's what makes us stronger, what makes us more resilient, what makes us more wise, what gives us the courage, right? Indeed. And so, yeah. yeah. That's, that's really why you are, that's why he's, yeah, he's invincible. And that's really, that's really inspiring because in a way, like you see those superhero stories, right? Like, you know, like, there are some characters that the more you beat them up, the stronger they become, right? Yeah. Black, Black Panther or, you know, the latest news, whatever. Um, and they use that, those, I would say, those circumstances to actually strengthen them. And, and I think that's a really good reminder to, to us that especially during yes. this time, right? Yes. When we're yes. sort of like, it may not be physically being beaten up i hope not but you mm -hmm. know we are being beaten up by so many things <laughs> which may seem as if they're outside of our control um, but it's a process of being yeah. groomed to be more steadfast right. right so i like i like for people to understand that concept of being steadfast and and, and with your permission also yeah, you're talking about ahead. the superheroes i want to use a very a very practical sort of metaphor and analogy when when we talk about superfood, yeah. right? Mm, yeah. So, you know, yeah. let's name superfoods, malunggay, for example. Yeah, malunggay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when you come to think of it, you cut off a branch of malunggay, stick it in soil, it's going to be another tree. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can leave it in very dry, arid soil or in the, in the side of a pavement. It's going to grow. And it's in that resilience that Malungay has so much orac value, which is the healing property that makes it a superfood. Yeah. You know, this is the reason why the Japanese go to the Philippines to harvest banaba leaves from the Philippines. Because we have, the, we have banaba leaves that, are, that, have, that have such high orac value. Because of the harsh conditions, we get hit by storms, then we have La Nina, El Nino, you know, and all of these things. And that, that's, that the hardiness that the plant develops in its biofilm is what gives it the healing property. Wow. Right? So, so I would liken that to what we're talking about cool. here. Yeah. yeah. Right? 
So let it be that when we go through such struggles, that we realize that, hey, I'm building up my strength. I'm creating my capacity in going through this. And that's where we teach ourselves not to quit and just get focused on our goal and take things a day at a time and all of these cliches, but they're true, yeah. right? Yeah. And that's, that, that's how I'd like to be able to capture that thought and, and then pass it on to our, to our listeners. Yeah. That's amazing. Thanks it's so perfect. much. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, <laughs> I, th- th- I think, thanks a lot. I'm thinking, Jose, be the banaba. Be like the malungay. <laughs> malungay yes, power. Malungay power. <laughs> or fortified by banaba and malungay, you yeah. know. And, it's very real. And yeah. so, you know, first I want to say thanks to Mitch for sharing something so personal. Um, uh, really appreciate it. Very honored that you came out to share that because there are listeners of ours who were really experiencing so much. And, um, you know, if you were to give, you know, some advice for all of them, our life crafters, those who resonate with your story, your stories, um, who want to reinvent themselves, who may be going through a crucible moment in their lives right now, especially with the pandemic, what would you like to leave them with? Um, If you feel stuck, if if anybody feels stuck or feels like they're in a dark place, step outside of the dark. That's the first thing. We can just get so lost in our own thoughts, in our own feelings. That's the first thing we need to do. We need to step outside of that darkness. That's where we start to reach out to others. It doesn't matter. And sometimes we, we get comfort from that stranger that we get to speak to once and never see again in our lives, right? Yeah. But it's really in giving ourselves that permission. That's why I'm saying, let's reimagine. When you're stuck, the thing that you want to do is just to reimagine. Lend yourself the permission to reimagine because you have that capacity, right? And it's in having that kind of permission that allows us to um, have a crack in the dam, right? And allow for bigger things to happen. Um, it, it's never going to be easy. And we shouldn't ask for things to be easy. And I think this is the biggest disservice that we have, you know, in how we, we look at the... Uh, pictures on social media and, and paint such ideal lives and where inconvenience all of a sudden is abnormal, right? And the littlest, littlest thing or the littlest reason for grief is then equated to depression, right? So, so, so I'd, I'd want to be able to share to people to just first get comfortable with yourselves and lend yourselves the permission to step outside of that being stuck and use your imagination for that. Use your thoughts, you know, be the person that you never thought you'd be, right? Even just for a day, (laughs) give yourself that break, right? Because that's what allows for hope to be there. That's what allows for um, better perspective, right? And that's, that's what also lends the permission for others to connect, right? So when, when, when at, at one point in my, in my journey, when I got, you know, 
I was on the losing end of a a partnership in, in a former business. The very thing I did was lock myself in my room. And I didn't want to see anybody. And I had guns. And I was scared that if I go outside and I see people, I might start shooting them because I was so pissed. Right? Until I realized that, you know, I was also just creating my own prison. It was up to me if I wanted to just bask on the problem or if I wanted to just reinvent myself and get it over and done with already. And that, that's my example of humility as well. The humility to just quit when it's time to quit and move on, right? Yeah. And say, okay, I'm done with that. Thank you for everything I've learned there and everything I've enjoyed and I want to move forward. Right. And that's that's how we get to rebuild. So 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 to, to your listeners, um, get comfortable with yourselves. Get comfortable and embrace the uncertainties around you. Because really that's the biggest break you could give yourself. And you know, I I, I do have this can do attitude because we can do, depending on what we decide to, right? So, so there, since Jose, uh, I, I want to thank you for, for inviting me and uh, uh, having me in this, uh, this podcast of yours. I think it's a, it, it's a very beautiful thing that you've, you've come together for and in being able to uh, share yourselves to your listeners in as far as um, your wisdom is concerned as well in, in being able to traverse these kinds of things. Thank you. And thanks a lot. Th thanks really a lot, Mitch, uh, for, for those words of wisdom, I would say, but they are very authentic. And, you know, for, for us, the reason why we have this podcast is, is really to introduce new narratives or probably counter narratives to a lot of stuff, as you said, on social media and a lot of things that's going around, uh, which we feel or I feel which are not productive. And, mm -hmm. and as you said, you no, know, we can do if we decide to. So yes. I, I really love, I, I, I love that. And, and, and again, it's a great reminder to all of us that we can do, but we have to decide, right? Yes. So, and and that, that, that's something uh, which I think is a great lesson in addition to everything else that you said today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I, I agree so much with what Jose said. And Mitch, it's, it's really fun also hearing how you haven't changed in the sense that you've always had that um, character within you to keep going. And I continue to be inspired by your life. Jose and I are truly grateful. And we really count our blessings that um, each and every day with this season and to our life crafters out there, um, you know, the life craft story is everybody's story. And you sharing your story here today, Mitch, has, you know, expanded our listeners in a huge way. So much thanks and gratitude for that. Thank you, Jose, as well. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in. And I want to encourage everyone out there who connected with Mitch's story today to email us. So you can email us at mylifecraft.org at gmail.com. You can also follow us on IG at my underscore lifecraft. 
And please like our Facebook page, My Life Craft, so you can continue this conversation, this discussion, or if you want to post any questions as well. And we'll make sure that we hear those questions and we have an opportunity to share more stories with everybody. Thank you so much. And you may say your goodbyes as well to our audience. <laughs> okay. Uh, for everyone who took the time to listen, thank you for joining us. Um, look forward to uh, being here again, uh, hopefully yes, in the future. And, yeah. um, in your next evolution. You know, <laughs> Correct. Paying, I like paying things forward. So this is a great way for me to pay things forward to all those mentors who lent themselves to me as well in my, in my journey. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mitch. And thank you to thank our you. thank you to our listeners too until our next episode. Thanks everybody. Thanks, Mitch and everybody. Tune in next time to the Lifecraft Podcast. See you then. Bye. <laughs>